As the dust settles after Brazil's presidential election, we have to start thinking about what comes next. After all, President-elect Jair Bolsonaro will have four years to take the Brazilian economy out of its slump and deliver on the promises he has made. Make no mistake, it won't be an easy task. Bolsonaro will take over a divided country, a disgruntled electorate, and will have little room for error. But we already covered his political challenges on our live podcast we chaired on Sunday night. If you missed it, you can watch it again on YouTube or listen to our conversation on your favorite podcast player. In this episode, we want to focus on the challenges he will face running the country. Brazil faces a crisis of confidence in the eyes of foreign investors. We are still struggling to recover from our worst recession on record, and the 12.5 million unemployed people are desperate for short-term solutions. Will the former army captain deliver? My name is Gustavo Ribeiro, and this is Explaining Brazil. To discuss what we should expect from the Jair Bolsonaro administration, we welcome reporter Mario Braga, a contributor of the Brazilian Report, who joins us from London, where he's undergoing a master's degree in journalism between stories he writes for us. Hello, Mario. Hi, Gustavo. Mario, Jair Bolsonaro's campaign has been characterized by a lack of a clear message. One person says one thing, the other says the opposite, and then the president-elect comes and says a third. Right now, what do we know about the future administration? Yes, Gustavo, when we talk about economy in a Bolsonaro presidency, you are talking mainly about Paulo Guedes, right? He is a Chicago-trained economist, and the only reason why the market backed uh, Bolsonaro's president bid. There is an aspect, though, that we must pay very close attention, which is the fact that although they... Uh, won the presidency, the debates have not taken place. So people don't really know what are his proposals are in detail when it comes to the economy. And that's why it's a, bit, a little bit of a leap in the dark in the sense that, yes, Paul Guedes has mentioned, uh, for example, a unified text. But those who support this proposition don't really know, okay, who are going to be affected or how is he going to implement that? Especially because Bolsonaro has already said he won't touch the military nor police forces. Yes, and uh, when you talk about the pension reform, for instance, that is the big issue for the markets, the military would be an important matter to address when it comes to the pension system. So yes, that, that's the kind of detail that when they start coming up, we will see the reaction. First time, of course, in stock markets, the dollars, and uh, how Ibovespa will react. But that has a long-term effect on the economy as well. Because if he's not able to implement a robust uh, pension reform, we mean that this trend between the debt and the GDP will keep increasing. And then it means that Brazil will be farther away from regaining investment-grade status by credit agencies. So it has a really wide effect of this kind of details that we still don't know, although he's already president-elect. But you have written for us a 5,800-word uh, piece on the state of the Brazilian federal administration and what Jair Bolsonaro will take over on January the 1st. You mentioned the pension reform is a big challenge, but there are a lot of other challenges. What do you think this administration will focus on from the get-go? Because a lot of presidents have what we call a honeymoon period. 
uh, a time when the opposition is not that fierce, where uh, the president has the benefit of the doubt from voters. And in the case of Jair Bolsonaro, I expect this honeymoon period to be very short because a lot of people don't recognize him as a legitimate political figure. And we have been in the worst eight-year stretch in economic terms in our history. So what do you think is going to be the top priorities once the new administration comes into office? Okay, so there are a lot of interesting things that you brought up, but certainly the first thing is the pension reform because that's what the market is expecting. And it's such a priority that we have seen him uh, say something like he's going to talk to Tamer to try to approve something uh, in the form in the next one month of Congress or something like before even he takes office. Because that's uh, how urgent this matter is to the economic agents. And as you said, that also signs how this honeymoon will be short. And it's the first time that I see a lot of economists saying the same thing that normally they, we talk about this, the first 100 days. So that's basically three years and a half almost that three the months. president can settle down. Three months. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, until we're talking about until mid-April, it would be the first 100 uh, days of the presidency. But now, uh, what one economist has said uh, for a story we published in the Brazilian report is that the markets were already expecting this pension reform, uh, that it would have taken place under the Temer administration, and it hasn't. So that's why they don't have much more patience to wait until Bolsonaro dialogues with Congress, until they come up with a new proposal. The markets want it to be approved, so we see this kind of uh, budget uh, issue and the fiscal expansion of the government under control. And I think that uh, another aspect that you brought up that is also intriguing is Bolsonaro will be the first president elect under the spending cap that has been approved by uh, Congress. And that means he will have even uh, less room to accommodate all these kind of uh, challenges in fiscal terms. So we have the pension that will be expanding in terms of costs and he will not be able to expand the budget. So he'll have to defund other areas. And that becomes a problem when talking about, for example, investments, uh, either in infrastructure that would be necessary for the country to become more competitive, or social investments in healthcare or education, which are also important. So I think Bolsonaro is in a really difficult position, and it would, not, it would be the same as if it was another president, but he'll have to come up with solid answers that convinces not only the agents of the market who are interested in this kind of fiscal discipline, uh, budget control, but also who does not make him lose the pop support from the population who are interested as well in other aspects of the real life economy. One thing that I think will plays into his favor is the fact that the Michel Temer administration, albeit a very unpopular administration, has kind of cleaned the house in economic terms. Uh, unemployment rates are going down very slowly, of course, but are going down. The trend is more or less positive. Uh, besides of Paulo Guedes, who is going to be his czar for the economy, uh, do we know other people he wants to bring to the economic team? There, we could expect some leftovers from the Michel Temer administration, right? Yes, that's uh, another question people are asking themselves, because, for example, for instance, uh, the central bank governor, Elon Goldfein, 
he's very well regarded by the market because he was the person who delivered a very low inflation right after taking office. But what has been reported by local media is that he would not be willing to remain in the position after December. Uh, it seems like there is some kind of dialogue to make him stay. But this is a key name that if Bolsonaro needs to appoint someone new, that will have a sharp reaction. It needs to be someone who the market also trusts, just as uh, Paulo Guedes, because the central bank does have this very important role in trying to keep inflation under control. They are the ones who are setting the uh, interest rates. So they have this kind of very central role in an economy. So we should be paying close attention to either Ilan Goldfine or who will replace him as governor of the central bank. Another name we should be also paying close attention to is whoever is appointed to head the BNDES, the development bank in Brazil. And one thing is because they have this uh, big budget, so they can uh, influence either big companies and also small companies. And they have been, BNDES has been criticized under the Workers' Party administrations for favoring the national champions and like kind of forgetting the national local economy, for instance. And Temer has changed that a little bit. Uh, under his presidency, Benedetti has made programs for small businesses. Uh, that kind of attitude of who uh, will chief Benedetti will also play a role for the market in the sense that what kind of policy is the new administration seeking? Is it still looking for favoring this kind of big sectors of the economy, such the auto industry and uh, construction companies, or will they be more equal and just provide, if they're giving uh, lending money for lower taxes, is that for everyone? This is the kind of difference that the market uh, will be looking for. And when you talk about leftovers, uh, we can think about names that are also well regarded by uh, economists in general. And one that comes to my mind is Mansueto Almeida, who is currently the head of the Treasury Department. He has been in the government for a couple of years now. He's an MIT-trained economist, and he is really uh, this kind of orthodox economist. He's the person who stands up for fiscal discipline. And since fiscal issues are a major problem for Brazil now, he would be someone that I really believe Bolsonaro administration will try to keep. And what economists in the market have been saying is that since Paulo Guedes is well regarded, and it seems like Bolsonaro will give him the necessary conditions to implement a good policies in the economy, he might be capable of, the market really believes he might be capable of uh, bringing together a good team, not only for these main positions as secretaries, as uh, the minister, but in the overall, like this, maybe sometimes forgotten positions that are not always in the media, but that play a key role when uh, implementing a policy, especially if it will be a uh, shift from what we have seen so far. Even if we don't know in detail what Jair Bolsonaro plans to do with the economy, one thing that he and his future finance minister have said is that uh, they want to privatize a lot of state-owned companies, uh, including parts of Petrobras. For that, he will need to pass a constitutional amendment. And to amend the constitution, you need 308 votes in the lower house of 513 and 49 votes in the Senate out of 81. We have 
at the Brazilian Report done a study with uh, six political analysts and experts to predict what will be Bolsonaro's level of congressional support. You can read that in Brazilian.report. We expect a massive support from parties, at least from in the start of the Bolsonaro administration, something about 360 votes. Do you agree with that prediction? And do you think that uh, he will be able to implement his agenda in the first year of government? Because the economy has been in such a bad shape that if he doesn't do something right away, I think he can lose his popularity very, very quickly. Yes, I, I saw this chart that you came up with, and it's very interesting because it shows how clearly uh, we have an opposition that, of course, Burger's Party is the largest party in the lower house, but they have some other parties, but the big part of the seats are with Bolsonaro and Zamora Conservative Congress. So yes, I believe that he will not have many trouble when it comes to passing laws that depends only on Congress approval, so like 50% of the lower house and the Senate. And that would be something that he might be able to implement in the very first days. And especially when you need to present results in the short term, this kind of executive orders and uh, negotiating views that are easy to pass would be a easy solution for the administration to, to at least show that, yeah, we have something done already. Uh, that's different, though, when you talk about the pension reform, for example, that uh, he needs to do that through a constitutional amendment. And for that, he needs two-thirds of both the lower house and the Senate. And for that, he will need to gain uh, more supporters from either parties in the center, or it will be hard to see him gain, being backed by any congressman in the left. That's why the pension reform and what are the details they will do present to the Congress will make a difference. And I think that when you talk about uh, how fast he must be, that's what we have been seeing, right? Because in 2017, the Brazilian economy has already left behind the recession. The GDP, the gross domestic product, grew by 1%, which is still uh, a very shy growth, but we're not in recession anymore. But still, unemployment, uh, the, date just, the data just came out today is at 12 and a half percent. So that's still very high. So unemployment, that what makes, uh, what impacts people the most, it will fall very slowly. And that's the true also for whatever measures he implements. It will take a while for people to actually feel if that has a positive effect on their lives. Yeah. And so, one uh, of this, one of his proposals is uh, an even more radical labor reform. Uh, he has said in the past, well, workers will have to choose between rights and a job. And he will propose the creation of a new attachment between companies and employees that, in uh, his mind, will help people get jobs more easily, but will give them fewer rights, less benefits. Yes, that's the kind of policy that we see uh, businessmen cheering up for, right? They, they can just make these deals directly with their employees. And if they don't have the unions in the game, that makes it really easy for them to propose, I don't know, pay less. Or when in Brazil we have this very uh, strong labor rights when it comes to the an extra wage by the end of the year or paid leave. So what we may see, and this is already true when you look for the data about employment in Brazil, is that the numbers of 
uh, employment may get better. We'll see more people working. The number of people unemployed will fall. But that doesn't mean that people are making more money. On the contrary, what we have in Brazil now is that we have more people either self-employed, like working on their own, or they are working less hours than they wanted, than people who are actually employed under the uh, labor law, the CLT, right? So this is tricky because although he will have statistics in his favor to show that things are getting better, people may not feel that their lives are getting better. And again, there we come to how will that be played in terms of popular support and how will he carry this uh, through four years of presidency? Just uh, an additional information, because, yes, a lot of people are uh, underemployed in Brazil and that those numbers are even worse in racial minorities, uh, especially black workers, and even worse between among black women workers. One out of every four black female workers are either unemployed or underemployed, which explains a little bit why people are so disgruntled. Mario, the markets were ecstatic about Jair Bolsonaro's rise in the polls. However, in the first trading day after his win, the stock market went down, the Brazilian real also went down. What happened? Yeah, it's interesting to see these movements, right? Because uh, I bet that if you ask any economists before that, the expectation will be, yes, we'll have the stock markets going up. People will be more confident about uh, the paths ahead for the economy. And since we will attract more international investors, that means that we'll have more dollars uh, invested in Brazil. And that means that the real becomes stronger. So uh, the dollar would fall against the Brazilian real. And that was true for, I don't know, the first half of the trading session. You have this kind of uh, enthusiasm, and that was like exactly the reaction that was expected. But then uh, what happened was, and then that's what economists have explained, the markets, especially since the most of polls indicated that Bolsonaro would have an easy win, that although, yeah, Daji might have been polling better, but the difference was uh, too big for him to make a difference and actually risk Bolsonaro's victory. The markets had already priced, that's the term, uh, the jargon they used, which means that whoever had to make investments considering uh, Bolsonaro's victory, they had already made that beforehand. They were not expecting the actual results uh, to place that those bets. And what they did was, okay, so we have this, he won, the markets are up, so we had the Brazilian index, Ibovespa, reaching a record high of over 88,000 points. And what the scenario was, okay, we are in a, re a record high. We don't really know what's coming ahead of us. We don't have uh, much detail on his economic plan, so we may have bumps on the road ahead. And then what they did was they got the profit. So they sold the assets while they were uh, in their highest values, and now they have the profits. And now they're going to wait, because that's what we're seeing, right? Uh, since we're going through this transition period, uh, investors now are waiting. So what are the clear signs that we'll have like fiscal discipline, that the rules, uh, we can expect them to be kept, and then they may go back uh, to the stock markets for another, and then we can see, yeah, another uh, movement 
uh, up an uptrend in the stock markets. But that's what the the reaction was. There was a little bit of speculation, and after it was confirmed, people are now taking like a step back again to like reassess their positions and plan the uh, next investments. So if I ask you if you have a prediction, shall we say, either for his cabinet positions or for his first measures in office, what would you say? It's very hard, Gustavo, especially because we see Bolsonaro, uh, of course, he is the president-elect, but he's nothing like we have seen before, right? Like his campaign was unique and his rhetoric is different than any, anything we have seen so far. We make assumptions and we made these kind of predictions and expectations on what a regular president would do. And I don't think we can expect uh, a lot of things being regular when we're talking about Bolsonaro. I do believe that uh, in this first months at least, although we're talking about a short honeymoon, that Paulo Guedes will be able uh, to implement a very market-friendly agenda because he is from the market. He is this kind of person that knows exactly what businessmen, foreign investors, uh, what these people have in mind. Do you think they, Bolsonaro will keep him on a short leash? I, I don't think so. Not, not for in the beginning, at least, because he knows that Paulo Guedes is the only reason why he was backed by uh, these economic agents. So if he does that from the start, that means he loses this, we can say, relevant support in the segment, that, which is the economy, right? So if he gives any sign of that uh, in the very first days, either of the transition or in his presidency, we're going to look for like four years of very, very hard scenario that he won't have even the market support because he had 55% of the valid votes. But when we talk about the total votes, like when we consider people who voted for Haddad or people who didn't vote or that spoiled their, on their ballots, we're talking about he had only 33%. So we can expect uh, a lot of social uh, demonstrations and this kind of strong opposition, especially due to his anti-democratic rhetoric that now he's softening now that he's saying that of course we are pro-democracy of course we won't uh, represent a risk and he has on his side uh these powerful people the we call in brazil the gdp right people who represent uh big business. largest some of the wealth exactly and if he loses that right off the start that means uh he'll not he'll have trouble ahead of his presidency so i don't think he would do that it wouldn't be smart at least well, let's stay tuned to his Facebook page. That's probably where he's going to make his next announcements. Mahadio, uh, thank you very much for joining us from London and uh, hope to have you back soon. Okay, Gustavo, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. If you like this podcast, please take a look at our website. It's brazilian.report. Every day we have new content about Brazil's politics, economics, and society. We also have exclusive newsletter services if you want to be briefed on what's going on in Brazil before starting your day. Subscribe now to our free trial and enjoy all of our content for 14 days. It's really free and you don't have to put any credit card information. You can also follow us on Facebook or Twitter or handle us at Brazilian Report. Thank you very much and see you next week. Mm -hmm.